0: news, it's what draws us together,
1: Government
2: officials insist to an isolated incident.
0: creates our discussions, challenges our worldview, unites us in our triumphs, informs of what's going on around us urges us to be agents of change when the world goes dark and society aches.
3: In terms of the, um, tragically, there were two deaths.
0: It's relevant to you, your friends and family. Unites us in our differences. In a world full of information, 99% of Australian adults are consuming news in at least one form. 52% watch or listen to news daily. 51% consume their news online or on social media. This is The Wave, Mojo News' fresh radio news show. A new experience of storytelling through sound. Providing a platform to diversity with tomorrow's industry journalists from all walks of life. Get ready for a unique wave of storytelling.
1: Coming up on The Wave.
0: Woolworth's Gloonfree Game
4: Changer and Arnold's new gluten-free range redefining food selection for celiacs.
1: Inside Hotel Quarantine, hear a first account from a Hongkonger in sequester. And
4: may the force be with you. Disney announces brand new Star Wars anime for Disney+. Plus.
0: This is The Wave by Mojo News. Here are your hosts for this episode, David Bonadio and Lena Zuccarelli.
4: Good evening and thank you for joining us for the first ever episode of The Wave. Thursday night saw Victoria enter its sixth lockdown and with almost the entire east coast of Australia being in hard lockdown, if you're feeling a little fatigued by it all, then we've got just the thing for you.
1: Self-care and mental health is vital for our well-being. A survey by the Australian Bureau of Statistics revealed that during Victorian lockdown five, almost one third of people had some form of psychological distress. Our reporters Brianna Eatables and Gabriella Hollow were out on the streets of Glen Waverley last week prior to government restrictions to find out how people coped during lockdown.
5: Multiple COVID-19 lockdowns have had huge effects on the mental health of Victorians. We're here today to ask people how they have coped with lockdown and what advice they have for people struggling. So, was your mental health impacted at all during the lockdowns?
4: I mean I was doing year 12 last year during lockdown so I feel like it definitely was because a lot of the sacks and assessments were really stressful and I felt at times unable to reach some of my teachers. I definitely experienced a lot more anxiety in lockdown than I would have if my year 12 wasn't so negatively um, damaged by COVID. Yeah I got sadder, I couldn't really see my friends and it started getting really hard to do all the work I had.
6: I would say it definitely was because of the social isolation and The fact that we can't really talk to people and interact with people as much as we usually would.
3: Kind of. I felt like I was a lot more like worried about things and I didn't know how things would turn out. And I was kind of scared about my relationships with people. But I think that like keeping in touch and like staying with my schoolwork and not falling back, I think that kind of helped.
5: What did you do during the lockdowns to stay motivated?
3: I think one of the main ones was like reaching out to friends and like having a little social group online really helped me. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really stay motivated. <laughs> I was just at home and just watching YouTube, and that's
7: all I did. We became a bit creative, you know. So just maybe rolling the socks, making that into a ball, and then you know playing with each other and lots of puzzles we did.
6: I think it's really important just to like not give up and keep going where you are.
8: Who knew that kites and puzzles would be a way to entertain yourself during a COVID-19 lockdown? Brianna Eddyballs, Mojo News.
4: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be away from home in international hotel quarantine?
1: Fiona Hu chats to a discharged hotel quarantine guest about their experience in Hong Kong's hotel quarantine system.
9: Hong
10: Kong is hitting by a third wave of coronavirus infections. I'm Fiona Hu. Today, Rahul Sujian is with me, who is going to share his experience of how Hong Kong deals with COVID.
6: Hi, good to be here.
10: So, how did you end up being in the hospital?
6: I went through the quarantine first, like for 14 days. On the 12th day, we had to do a second test. But then like, I think there's a there was like a miscommunication and I was allowed to leave from my quarantine site and go like back to my house. I got the call from the Department of Health People saying that my second test, the one I did on the 12th day, had tested positive. I came home and then like my family also had to go to quarantine. And including like my 89 year old grandma.
10: That would be so unlucky. So how was the room look like?
6: I think originally it was meant to be like individual rooms as you know the third wave as i said before like it was quite hectic for them in my case i was in a twin room and i was with like two other people i had two like bed roommates who were definitely positive
10: (laughs) how did you feel
9: at the time
6: so i ended up being very like i guess paranoid about (laughs) catching it from them yeah i was like very diligent to like wash my hands very often
10: What did the hospital do for infection
7: control?
6: Well, the room that I was uh, placed in the hospital is actually like a negative pressure room. You know, I think they did well enough to make sure that none of the aspects in the bathroom had to like, you don't have to touch them. Yeah, so everything was like pretty much automatic.
10: So before you get discharged, how many different tests did you do?
9: And how often?
6: On the first day, they did the nasal swab. They also did a blood test. Like, basically two days consecutively I tested negative on the saliva test and that's how they eventually discharged me.
10: I want to ask, has your views for COVID changed over time?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think when I was in Australia and when I was like self-quarantining at my house, like it felt something that was like very distant. You know, like I was taking all the right measures and everything, like uh, wearing a mask to go outside. You know, like, brought to perspective that it's, like, something that, like, can happen to anyone. Up next is Kate with the entertainment and
1: music wrap. There's plenty of content to engage with over lockdown, isn't there, Kate?
10: That's right, David. Readers have gone ballistic for the 10th anniversary edition release of Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles. This comes after a fantastic year for the young adult fantasy author, whose debut novel was given a revival by bookish creators on TikTok. Telling the story of Grecian hero Achilles from the perspective of his lover Patroclus, the novel is a perfect blend of the chaotic Greek tragedy, synonymous with Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, and contemporary representation for the LGBTQ community. In television, Marvel's animated series What If? is set to be released for streaming on Disney Plus this Wednesday, and the hype surrounding its placement in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is exploding. The series explores the theory of the multiverse, a huge theme of the latest phase of the MCU. What If features classic superheroes spun on their heads, including Peggy Carter as Captain America and Peter Parker as Doctor Strange. Finally in Music News, Billie Eilish has released her much-anticipated second studio album Happier Than Ever. Eilish's brother Phineas is a producer on the album, following critical acclaim for his work on her 2019 smash hit Bad Guy. The siblings reunite to bring alternative pop a fresh sound, with title track Happier Than Ever currently sitting at number 5 on the ARIA charts.
1: For gluten intolerant and celiac disease sufferers, sacrificing your favourite packaged biscuits to stay healthy will now be a thing of the past.
4: Supermarket giant Woolworths has teamed up with Arnott's and Celiac Australia in a bid to
11: enter the growing gluten free market.
1: Here is Natasha Shapova with the latest.
11: Celiacs all over the country rejoiced last week as Arnott's released gluten free versions of three famous biscuits. Exclusive to Woolworths, the new range includes Scotch Fingers, Tiny Teddies and Choc Ripple Biscuits, all made from a gluten-free flour blend. Celiac Australia endorsed the treats to ensure they're suitable for people with celiac disease and gluten intolerances. Celiac disease affects approximately one in 70 Australians, causing the immune system to react abnormally to gluten, damaging the small bowel. Adam Stiles was diagnosed with celiac disease two months ago. Uh,
12: A bit shocked about it at the very start because I had no idea. I was, like, perfectly fine. And then uh, in a few weeks, but I just went downhill and just started getting, like, real crooked in the stomach and just real bad stomach cramps.
11: Mr. Stiles said he's glad that food companies like Arnott's are creating more gluten free options.
12: Really good now, there's more products out there and there's more awareness of gluten free options. The um, chocolate ripple ones taste no different to the other chocolate ripple ones and the tiny teddy ones, and they're pretty good too. Like they're probably just a little bit drier than the normal ones, but they're perfectly
1: fine.
11: Natasha Shapova, Mojo News.
1: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to meet a cosmic witch?
4: I've had my fair share of encounters with psychics and I can tell you now they're intuitively
3: fascinating.
1: Mojo News reporter Sahani takes us inside the crystal ball.
3: Modern day witches are congregating on TikTok and showcasing their craft. They provide engaging and informative videos to guide their followers on everything, including how to get over that ex of yours.
13: I follow a lot of woodsharks. It seems so scary and overwhelming because there is so much. But once you start, like you can't stop. Once I started properly researching, I can't stop now. Like I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want to learn so much. Tarot reading is very intimidating at first. But you can start by literally just looking at the pictures and being like, what am I feeling? You don't have to be like specific about the meanings and all of that. Like that will come with time. You'll learn those things. But you can just sit there and be like, what am I feeling? Because we all have like intuition. We all have natural ability to listen to energy and listen to
3: the world around us. It's just about... Opening that up. Educational videos about witchcraft have become increasingly accessible via TikTok, and the culture promotes spiritual healing and wellness. During difficult times such as heartbreak and loss, witches use a ritual called cord cutting to let go and heal. The process is simple. You get two candles, one white, which represents you, and one black, which represents the person you want to let go of. Tie the two candles together with a string and place them in a container. Focus
13: on everything that. You do want to cut out. Like, not necessarily the person, like everything that happened, everything that makes you want to cut them out of your life. Just like focus on that.
3: You light both candles and let them burn until the cord of your choice is gone. Witchcraft has
13: definitely taught me a lot about people. With some people, it's made me realize where my boundaries are
3: and that it's important for me to have those boundaries. If you step into the world of witch talk, you'll encounter an inclusive community that has an emphasis on guidance, wellness and spiritual healing.
4: Wasn't that fascinating? I feel like I need to go and have a reading soon.
1: Up next is sport with Mae James. The Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games may have wrapped up last night, but there's still plenty more to come. Isn't that right, May?
0: That's right, David. With the Olympics wrapping up last night... All eyes are on the Paralympians. In just two weeks, 4,400 athletes will take to the podium for the Tokyo 2020 Paralympics, which I'm sure will be a spectacular sporting event. Here is Rishabh Jain to give us a rundown of all that went down in the last week of the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games.
7: The 2020 Tokyo Olympics is turning out to be one of the greatest for Australia as we are making way towards our most gold medals when at a single Games. Each day, new heroes are making Australia proud and again breaking new records. When it comes to breaking records, you can't look past Emma McKeon. Emma is the first female swimmer and second woman in any sports to win seven medals at a single Olympics. which is an incredible achievement. Fun fact, many of you may know the phrase, when there is a will, there is a way. And this man has surely proved that correct. He is Australia's oldest Olympic medalist at the age of 62, after winning a bronze medal in the individual event and a silver medal in the teams event at his eighth Olympic Games appearance. After winning, Hoy said that he wanted to continue his career throughout Brisbane Games in 2032. This man has really given me motivation that I can do anything at any age. That's all from me this week. Rishabh Jain, Mojo News. The 2020 Tokyo
0: Olympic Games have also seen Japanese artists reimagine competing countries as anime samurai. Here is Brianna Eddeballs with a special report. Japanese artists are transforming countries
8: into samurai for the Tokyo Olympic Games. The World Flags project consists of 15 artists creating samurai characters inspired by each country's unique flag and culture. So far, the team has drawn 84 of the 200 competing countries. Let's hear what people have to say about their country's samurai design. What is your background?
6: I am a Malaysian born Singaporean.
8: So I'm Vietnamese. I am a Chinese Chinese.
6: I was born here in Australia.
8: What imagery and colors do you imagine when you think of your country?
6: Singapore has a very deep history of a lot of cultures. We're all united under the Singapore flag, so probably red and white.
4: The colors of the current flag, so red and yellow. I kind of think like the conical hats, the rice fields, the water buffaloes.
13: Definitely be red, because of our flags or other like traditional like Chinese New Year.
1: I would straight away go to green and gold.
8: Do you think the character captures the essence of your country's culture?
6: Singapore is a very multicultural country. I feel like there's a lot of things missing out.
4: It may have been derived from different cultures around Asia, like Asia and also um, Southeast Asia. I've never really seen something like this before, unfortunately.
1: It's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I typically think of Australia with more green and gold rather than the
6: flag.
8: What symbols or colours can you recognise in the character design?
6: I do see the, the sword at the top of the sword it does have a lion head which is pretty cool.
13: Oh, it's definitely red and the yellow I would say reminds me of like the kung fu that we have in China.
6: Well obviously you've got the flag. I'm also
1: noticing the star on the sword there. Um, you've also got the southern cross on the suit armor.
8: Should projects like this be done for future Olympics?
6: I think it brings an interesting perspective to see how Japanese artists view Singaporeans.
4: Sometimes. Things like these do cause controversy, especially in Asian countries, because they do rely heavily on historical accuracy.
13: Like in China, probably like people won't like love that much because that's not really normal stuff for us.
1: Yeah, I think it's a fun idea of incorporating both local culture, so the Japanese, and also reaching out to other countries that are participating.
8: The World Flags Project has created a new webcomic about the adventures of the country samurai. Brianna Bowles.
0: Mojo News. And that's all from me for this week's sport. You can catch The Sporting Post 8pm live tomorrow night on Mojo News' social pages. Thanks,
1: May. Let's switch gears to Caulfield, where safety concerns are being raised by Monash University students over the lack of lighting at East Caulfield Reserve. Melissa Hong with the latest.
9: Women around Caulfield East are concerned about their safety when travelling. Commuters who exit Caulfield East Station at night have to walk through streets in the dark with little to no streetlights. Anna Nguyen is a Monash University student who says she is also concerned with the lack of lighting at night. It's just really dark, especially walking through Caulfield East Park. There's a lack of street lights and there's nobody around. I gotta always carry some form of self-defense and also... Uh, my phone flashlight. There's a lot of police at Caulfield Station, but they don't really go anywhere else. They just stay around the station. But We do have the Monash security that drives around, which makes me feel a bit safer. And they also drive down um, the street that I live as well. So I feel like they do know that I'm around when I'm walking at night. Miss Nguyen says that most of the lights around Caulfield East are either dim, or covered by trees. I would like there to be more streetlights, especially like that one right there. It only turns on when you walk past it, so the whole time is just dark until I reach that streetlight to turn on. Miss Nguyen also says that recent social media news have made her more aware of the dangers that women are likely to face at night. It's always on my mind, but I really appreciate that I know about this instead of wandering around uh, cluelessly. Shuttle buses operate until midnight. However, they are only available to Monash University students. Melissa Hong, Mojo News. Monash
4: University Corporal Campus has seen big names exit its food outlet offerings. Natasha Shapova finds out what's next for the vacant spaces.
11: Empty food stalls and abandoned cafes, reminding us all of COVID-19's continuing burden. The once populated Greys Food Court has become a graveyard for its two fallen members. Three out of the nine vendors have closed, including Boost and Sumo Salad, while Sable Drop Cafe in Building H remains in hibernation as they assess the demand on campus. This leaves Caulfield with only seven food outlets compared to Clayton's 37.
4: There's not much around Caulfield, so I'm more likely to sort of hike out to Clayton to get food or, like, Uber Eats it or go into the little strip next to Coles. I feel like,
5: like, since, like, the closure, we need, like, more options and stuff, and especially, like, sumo salad and Boost. I think they're, like, the only two, like, healthy, like, options. Like, a people have to, like, go out to KFC and stuff. Like, that's not really healthy.
11: A Monash University spokesperson says Koji Sushi will the former boost, while the former sumo salad will be occupied by a new operator set to open early next semester. Despite the minimal foot traffic on campus, Monash has also welcomed Sammy's sandwiches and coffee in Building C. It's a nice
6: buzz, like there's people around, but it's definitely not as populated as what it has been.
11: Natasha Shapova, Mojo News. It's time for our Vibe
1: Check segment, where we hear what communities think about local issues.
4: This week I chatted with some our students from the media, film and journalism faculty to see what they thought of the food outlet closures. Take a listen. So what do we all think about a lot of cafe closures at corporate campus? I think it's really sad because I mean, I used to work at the booth there.
6: Are they making way for new things at the moment or they've just been forced to shut down because they're just not making enough money?
4: In terms of what the university's plans are, nothing has come out. We are investigating at the moment. It would be good to know. We hope there's something going in, but yeah, nothing at the moment.
10: I did try and get all my subjects online this semester because I realised that I wasn't able to really meet anybody on campus. And a big part of that was not being able to eat there because I didn't want to say hey do you want to hang out and we can't do anything we can't get a coffee we can't get anything to eat and I haven't really made any friends beyond the people in mojo because I haven't had a consistent enough time around people on campus yeah now that these all these stores are closing like permanently it's becoming more of a reality that I mightn't have those like uni like quintessential uni friendships that Everyone was telling me before I went to uni was what was going to happen. It's like you all get to sit there and you'll have a coffee and you'll chat and you'll do your work and now we don't even have that opportunity.
6: Could this be um, seen as maybe then an opportunity to change it up a bit if these stalwarts that have been there for ages now closing, Is there space to bring something in a bit more exciting?
4: yes oh my god sorry that was really like that yes oh my god what do we want there like in all seriousness i feel like maybe it's origin to replace some uh sumo salad i have meccas across the road from me at work and sometimes i just go through the drive-through um in my car and eat in my car i just think that me time yeah there's something about walking into a meccas i don't know it's like an ick for me it's really weird but like well it's a servo yeah. It's a servo, but I just can't. like, I just want to be by myself in my car. Exactly. Sometimes I just need that mental space. Mm. Is anyone else really excited about this idea or is it just me? Like, oh, we no, so need excited. a Thailand. I'll take this as far as it needs to go. We need more food.
1: Extinction Rebellion protesters have come under fire from politicians and some members of the community over their lack of consideration in the displays to the public.
4: But activists argue that they're doing what needs to be done to raise awareness over the pressing climate crisis. Gabriella Hollow reports.
5: Extinction Rebellion activists gathered in Carlton Gardens and the State Library to protest against climate change inaction.
11: Scientists are very clear. You can't attribute a single event to the climate emergency, but the change in the greenhouse gases in the atmosphere is, is loading the dice, they say.
5: There was a strong police presence in the city, given the previously disruptive nature of the protests.
1: I just think some of what they're doing today is a bit hypocritical. You know, you've got people here that uh, drove a diesel truck into a main intersection, stopping traffic for hours, so all burning petrol, until police could bring another diesel truck to tow it away. All to get people to stop burning emissions.
5: Despite growing criticisms... The activists persist believing that non-violent acts of civil disobedience is necessary.
1: People often complain about being disrupted or that this isn't the right way to go about it. We apologise for the disruption. It's not very fun to disrupt people and have people upset with you. The fact is that we're in a serious emergency and nobody is doing enough. We get attention to the to this issue, which is the climate emergency and the disruption is really nothing compared to the disruption of natural disasters which we're we're already seeing. So I'm not going to allow our government and our society basically to keep existing in like the tyranny of inaction.
5: The activists hope to continue to recruit young people to help push climate change action to the top of the political agenda.
1: I really hope
8: that we're going to mobilise heaps of young people and get people thinking about their future in a more productive, lovely way.
5: The protesters hope to maximise public exposure through their bold acts of disobedience to gain support and force change.
1: On the topic of the Extinction Rebellion, our politics wrap is up next with Karuna Balasu-Romanian. And Josh Frydenberg had his own fateful encounter with them, hasn't
10: he?
14: That's right, David. Extinction Rebellion activists superglued and chained themselves to Josh Frydenberg's Hawthorn East office in Melbourne, refusing to leave unless their demands were met. Other activists fired flares and displayed signs demanding the Liberal government to show a duty of care towards the developing climate crisis. Pressure is mounting on the Morrison Liberal government to revise their COVID nineteen strategy as the entire east coast of Australia was snapped into lockdown following surging cases of the Delta strain. Victoria joined New South Wales and Queensland into the lockdown party on Thursday night, with Southeast Queensland exiting the lockdown yesterday. Keynes in North Queensland was sent into a snap three-day lockdown after a taxi driver was infectious in the community. Overseas residents will now be required to seek permission to return home, the Morrison Liberal government has announced. Previously, Australian residents who live overseas were able to return home with border permits. Back to Olina and David. The Star Wars
4: franchise is about to gear up for the new anime-style series for Disney+.
1: Disney announced the surprise new series, Star Visions. To much positive fanfare, Melissa Hong
9: gives us a rundown. The popular Star Wars franchise is making a comeback and this time in anime style. The entertainment company confirms that there are 7 anime studios working on 9 short films, one of which is responsible for the hit series Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Each episode will showcase the unique animation style of the respective studios. The show will highlight an array of genres, from the classic romance to rock opera. In the special look, Executive Producer James Wo says that Japanese animation has inspired the people at Lucasfilm for years. The upcoming series will have a twist to the galaxy far far away through exploring Japanese traditional and cultural heritage. Longtime Star Wars fan Momo Bahari from Malaysia is here with me today to share how he feels about the upcoming Star Wars Visions.
12: Oh, I'm so excited for this because we're moving away from the Skywalker Saga. This is something totally new, not tied down by previous law, which means the creators have a huge sandbox to play around with to tell the best stories.
9: I understand that the Skywalker Saga is a huge hit among Star Wars fans. Do you think that Star Wars Visions will still be as popular amongst the fans? I think
12: it will be because I'm speaking for myself. Star Wars Episode Nine ended on a really bad note, and I'm quite excited to move away from the main saga. And I think that's why a lot of fans love The Mandalorian, the Disney Plus show that came out in 2019, because it was totally new characters and removed away from the larger galaxy conflict. And I'm also quite interested to see whether this show can break in with east asian audiences in particular because star wars isn't huge with east asia star wars was very much inspired by the work of akira kurosawa a japanese filmmaker very famous and a few other 40s b films that george lucas grew up with so i love seeing things come full circle Mm -hmm. And also, you can catch me and Melissa and two of our other friends discussing Star Wars Visions when it comes out at the What You Think podcast, available where podcasts are found and on YouTube.
9: Thank you so much, Momo. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Star Wars Visions will stream on Disney Plus this coming 22nd of September as a single batch of installments instead of weekly releases. Melissa Hong, Mojo News. Here are the top
4: three news stories for Mojo News with Natasha Shapova, and it's been a huge week on Mojo News, hasn't it, Natasha?
11: Indeed it has, Lena. Mojo News has seen an overall reach of 1,425 views across all of our platforms over the past week. In third place, Seb Mottram, Mitch Turner and Kakra The Sporting Post podcast boasted a reach of 543 views with their recap of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. And coming in second place, Caitlin Seafire's Black Widow review with a reach of 550 views. Marvel's latest action thriller, Black Widow, is the first movie to be released in the highly anticipated Phase 4 of the MCU. Scarlett Johansson is back as Natasha Romanoff, bringing down the reign of terror of one of her past foes. This box office smash hit gives the only female Avenger the origin story fans have been waiting for. And our top story for the week is Map Pinpoint Safety Concerns at Monash University by Juliette Capomola with a reach of 561. Unsafe Spaces Anonymous users have pinpointed unsafe spaces at Monash University on the digital mapping service Your Ground, which is aimed at making spaces more inclusive, particularly for women and gender diverse people. Back to you, Lena and David. Thanks, Natasha.
1: The Jungle Cruise was released in cinemas and on Disney Plus on July 31st. A delves into the Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt adventure to find an ancient tree that holds the power to heal.
15: The Disney blockbuster Jungle Cruise has finally hit the screen. It's a classic no-brainer entertainment with a talented star cast. Directed by Jamie Collette Sarah. this movie stars Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, who turns out to be the best thing about the movie. The chemistry between the lead pair is surprisingly brilliant. The story is inspired by the famous Disney theme park ride with the same name. It shows the journey of three characters on a small boat through the jungle, filled with dangerous creatures with a supernatural twist. Emily Blunt plays Dr. Lily Hewton, who is a British researcher in search of a tree whose flowers can break any type of curse. And she takes the help of a witty boat captain, Frank Wolf, played by Dwayne Johnson, for the same. They are also accompanied by Lily's brother, McGregor, played by Whitehall. The movie has a delightful representation of the gay character, McGregor. But again, we won't see them using the word gay even for once. Well. Disney, after all. To sum it up, Jungle Cruise is a totally watchable film with some stellar performances and progressive characters, and it definitely passes with flying colours. The movie kind of gives hints for a sequel towards the end. What is your take on that? Are you ready for the next adventure cruise? Apeepsha Mojo News. We really need that ancient tree appealing now amid the pandemic.
4: Coming up next, we've got a special performance from one of Mojo News's very own.
1: Performing a rendition of the Lucy Rose ballad Shiver, it's Melissa Hong.
4: That was incredible melissa so so talented
1: well that's all we've got time for this week on the wave you can subscribe to us through mojo news on youtube spotify and all the other places you get your podcasts
4: don't forget to give us a like on facebook and head to mojonews.com.au to stay up to date with the latest digital radio and tv stories coming out of our publication
1: this has been the wave thank you for your company good night